Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal! These guys are good! Scary good! And this crowd is going bananas! As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. I'm Michael Leboff, and joining me, as always, for a Thursday night special or Thursday night preview. Um, Tim Kalinowski, Nick Martin. I'm in a chipper mood. The Islanders are back. I don't have any words for what they keep putting me through. I, I feel like I'm just I'm in the forest of Bastogne or something like that. And um, every night, but they got it done. They got it over the line. Nick uh, against the Penguins blew a four-two lead. Blew a three-one lead too. Couple only they only blew two two goal leads on on Tuesday night. Uh, end up winning in overtime. And guess what? They're back in action on Thursday night, and and they're gonna feature right at the top of the show because they're your favorite underdog uh, taking on the St. Louis Blues in the Show Me State. Well, that's some very uh, loose usage of the word back, but I mean <laughs> the the process has still been pretty good under Wawa. Just until you know you get in those final six minutes of the game, that's always complicated, but. I'm really low on the Blues. I, I don't think this team's playing well. We've been saying it for a, a little bit here. I thought that 7 of 8 streak was complete luck box. I want to keep fading them. I like what the Islanders are doing. I think overall they're controlling a lot more of the play under Waugh. So for me, I look at what's left of this Blues defense core. I don't think it's an overly strong unit. I think the Isles are going to control more of the play here. So bit of a lame underdog. They're only minus 104 at the time of recording. But yeah, I gotta do the Timmy uh, cop out, but I like it. I, I can't see it all how they're not a favorite. I mean, they might be by game time, but yeah, I like the Islanders here, and I think they can uh, definitely own much more of the play versus the Blues beat up defense core right now. Do you like this to a certain number, Nick? With um... yeah, that's a good question, Tim. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna, I would say to minus one twenty, which is pretty wide margin. So let's hope something hangs up here. Yeah. Well, look at me. You know, you couldn't answer my questions on last pod, but, uh, you know, you can answer these ones. <laughs> um, Leboff, I regret meeting you for a number of reasons. And uh, I think the Islanders are at the top of the list, um, you know, making me, I guess, sucking me into watching this. Yeah, but team. it's all connected, right? Like the more you, you watch the Islanders, the more you understand me as a person. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like some people are like, oh, you know, not to bore you with my backstory. And then they tell you, it's like, you know, hey, just watch a couple of Islanders games and you'll understand uh, why I am the way I am. It's a sad existence. But anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, Nick, I, I'm with you here on the Islanders. I was when these lines dropped here on Wednesday, I was I liked the Islanders and I was praying to God that one of you would tell me that it's not the Islanders. And then you went ahead and logged the Islanders. I'm like, oh, sh did they, did the meme. Here we go again. And um, I, I'm with you on the Blues. The more people continue to ask me about the Blues, you know, oh, are they how good are they? This and that. I'm like, am I missing something? Because I, I I still believe the same thing we've been saying in that that pack in the Western Conference that's like hovering around the wild card. I like would if we drafted them, I would not like you know who we would want to make the wild card. I would not want to pick the Blues. Yep, uh, I'm on the Islanders too. I'll, I'll save. Um a little bit for the end of the show, but uh, I do want to bring up this. The Islanders have played 55 games. They have 18 blown third period leads. They played 21 overtime games. They've only won six of them. Um, 14 uh, overtime or shootout losses, or excuse me, 15, I believe. Uh, one shootout win. Um, somehow still in a playoff race, and, and all of this is kind of not even close to the craziest part of the season, which is that Patrick Waz is their head coach. So, yeah, it makes you start to understand uh, why I am the way I am. Uh, when you when you read through that stuff like that, and it's just, it's it's relentless. It's just relentless. Um, Capitals and Lightning will go next as they uh, that features my favorite underdog. I like Washington here. Uh, they're plus one sixty in Tampa. The Bolts coming uh, minus one ninety two. The total here is at six and a half. Nick, I know you have thoughts on the total, but what I think about with this game is is you're getting both teams. I, like I profile both of these teams. Uh, one, uh, the Capitals. I think are decent as an underdog. They showed that uh, against the Devils, a game that, yeah, they, they didn't really run much of the play, but because of their structure, their ability to bend, not break, and, and the goaltending, like they're, they're a decent bet to hang around. And the Lightning just aren't the Devils at five on five. So I actually think that getting getting Washington here at a uh, at a big price against a team that really struggles to, to, to overwhelm teams at five on five, the goaltending hasn't been all that convincing for Tampa. The defensive play, of course, hasn't been either. They're not very deep at all uh, in any part of the ice. So, yeah, I, I think Washington, um, I don't want to say that it's surprising that they're sticking around because the way we've talked about them all season is, has been just like this. Like, they're just not going to go away easily, um, both in a single game, and, and I guess that has translated to the uh, to the season as a whole. So uh, a lot of credit to uh, Spencer Carberry and your caps for for hanging around and, and just being a little bit of like a, a prickly thorn in the side of of some some better teams here so i think at, at plus 160 you're getting a decent number on the cap i i don't mind it i think the lightning are gonna be a really trendy play and i'd say i don't know if i quite see it i like the under for a lot of the reasons you said that that's the caps avenue in this game i think they've been trending a lot higher in terms of total than you'd expect looking at the abs game the canadians game and that devils game where the caps scoring six it was a minor miracle and um their game in big spots like this is always going to revolve around defensive play and good goaltending. They know they just got to avoid the high danger breakdowns. Still next to nothing in the way of offensive talent. I think even if Obi keeps scoring the way he is, I'm just not really seeing it. Um, I, I just think it's a... I don't quite see six and a half here. I, I don't know if they'll stick around the board. I think the under is a pretty sharp play here. So for me, that's the look. And yeah, you talk about Carberry. Like, I think that... He's almost not getting enough credit when you look at what is actually left of this Caps team and just the way they've consistently plugged and played players. They have nothing in the way of truly elite talent. I think he's done a great job of organizing the team and having them ready to play. 
you look at this last stretch of really tough games, I think the team play and effort has been about as consistent as it gets, but that also just shows how hard it is for the the team to win right now. Um, I think that all, all their best strengths right now lend itself to the under. So I was a little surprised to see six and a halfs out there um, on a Capitals game in this spot. And I, I think uh, it sets up as a good time to bet on the under. And yeah, from like their perspective, both these teams, this is a gigantic game. And I always feel like that lends itself a little, little bit more to the under. We see scoring go down in the playoffs every single year. Um, so yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's insane. The Caps are seven points back with three games in hand of the Lightning. So I'm not trying to talk myself into the idea that they'll actually close in on them. I don't see that happening. But in the locker room, they'll know if they win this game, you know, you're five points back with three games in hand. So it's... Uh, you know, there's some bulletin board material to get yourselves up for it. Yeah, I, I'm on this under as well. I, I was, I almost didn't even look at um, this total when it when it came out because I was never thought in a million years it would it would be six and a half. Because I mean, you're talking about five on five play. These team, you know, I think a lot of people would be shocked to talk about a lightning under, but they are unless it's power plays. They they struggle to, um, you know, I guess kind of get big time scoring margin. And, and you know, uh, if you're leaning in the cap, you're leaning towards caps, that means you're leaning towards under as well. So I um, don't quite have the stones for the caps, but I feel a lot better about the under. So I'll be joining you there as well. The lightning are, um, they're in trouble here. Yeah. They're playing about as, as low event as any team in the league uh, at five on five. Uh, over their last 10 games, um, they're they're basically splitting like the expected goals and high danger scoring chances and and shots on goal. It's it, the margins are incredibly thin, but there's just not a lot happening um, at five on five compared to the rest of the league. Um, Tim, you have uh, one more underdog for us and this one. I can definitely get behind. Yeah, you you listed like three that you were interested in in our in our rundown here. And uh, I, I was torn on a couple. I said, I'll just cherry pick from Lee Boff here because. He likes a million dogs as he always does, but um, I like Montreal uh, as a dog against Pittsburgh. I think a little too much Montreal back-to-back is getting baked in here. Um, This Pittsburgh team, if you just look at the standings, it's pretty wild. They have 56 points. They're behind the Caps, the Islanders, and the Devils, and that's before you even get to the second wild card spot. So I feel like this Pittsburgh team, you know, they're 2-5 and since the All-Star break, and I'm we've just been waiting so long for them to get going. And at one point it's just, is it safe to say like, they're just not going to get it going and this is who they are. And if, if this is who they are, then the gap between them and Montreal who can play a kind of low variance game and just out goalie you and, and win a ball game like this, like then the price is too high on, on Pittsburgh. So um, that's how I land here. Pittsburgh has played too, too often like a bottom half team. And Montreal has played, you know, has overachieved in a lot of ways um, in terms of, you know, kind of being a surprise this season. They could be even worse than they are. So I just think the the number's a little too long here. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i I'm with you 100%, uh, plus 185, plus 190 on Montreal. Uh, looks good. It's not just, like, since the All-Star break, too. Pittsburgh is 4-6-4 four, and four, uh, over their last 14. The, the goal differential tells you that there's obviously been – uh, some breaks that's gone that have gone against them. They've had a couple of, uh, you know, kind of wonky losses. The the one against the Kings the other night, uh, for sure. The they th- thought they played a decent game against the Jets when they lost two one um, out there on the second night of a back to back after they lost a pretty good effort 
against Minnesota, but I think that that is part of the problem with them as a big favorite. Like if you're not going to win those games when the, the it's 50, 50, like you're not really the Pittsburgh penguins that people have grown accustomed to uh, over the past, you know, 20 years with, with the Crosby, Malkin, Latang era. And, and I think a lot of that was kind of on display last night. Like the Islanders just let them walk right back into the game. I think Pittsburgh was pretty good uh, in the, the third period to, but the Islanders score a goal to go up four, two was the definition of a backbreaker. Because uh, it was against the run of play, Penguins put too much, uh, get a get a lucky deflection, then get all the momentum back, and they have the Islanders just pinned for the, like the last six minutes. I'm losing my mind uh, watching the game, and and they just were never able to to get like strike the critical blow. And I think that's just the the mo of the team. So yeah, I think that the numbers just just way too long, uh, even on and, and, and it's a like you said a situation where because it is a back to back for the Habs, you are uh, getting a little bit of a of a discount. Um, when I don't really think it, it warrants it. Nick, what about you? I kind of disagree. I think this is fair, to be honest. I don't think you can kind of talk up the aisles right now and the pens, or you know what I mean? Like the aisles turning around, the pens not. To me, they're in the same kind of boat. They both lost some silly games. They're both owning a lot of the play. I know it's a big number. With Allen in net, though, I think it's roughly fair. One, one narrative I could see is the Habs getting an early lead and the pens just pouring it on. Um, but the pick that I'm expecting to have on this game is going to be with Ricard Raquel going over two and a half shots. There's plus 140 versus the Kings in a tough matchup. This is obviously far from that, and he's been on the top line for two games. But if it was minus 105 tomorrow, that'd still be a lot of movement, and I would still play that. He's been going pretty good with Crosby and Rust. Uh, they they owned 20, did 23 shot attempts for nine against last night, and they were getting not ideal matchups the whole time. So... I think he's probably still going to be coming a little too low, and that's kind of the one guy I want to buy on. Um, I think Allen's shape, save prop will end up being a popular narrative too, and I don't mind that at all. I feel like this just sets up as such a Penguins just caved them in all night, and the game ends up being sneaky competitive uh, game script for me. So I don't hate it with, Mont- or with Montreal, but I feel like I do know it's going to be ugly, and it, it kind of looks like right about this price. I don't know. I, I like the idea of attacking some of the pens shooters and that Allen's save, uh, save prop. Okay. Uh, those are the dogs, Habs, Caps, and Islanders. Um, onto the big board. We'll start with Stars and Senators. Uh, Dallas minus 142. Ottawa at home plus 120 coming back from Florida. A, a muted, a muted Brady and uh, Matthew Kachuk uh, Darby there. Uh, total here is six and a half. I got nothing here. It does. I just want to say it, and, and I'm sure uh, you know this is coming if you've been listening to this show. It does just tell you, like, the Senators are, what, in, like, 26th place in terms of points percentage in the entire league or, um, you know, around around there. And uh, they are just plus 120 at home, even though, yeah, they're home, but they're taking on the team that's 7th or 6th best points percentage in, in the NHL. It just goes to show you that, Ottawa is not your typical bottom dweller underdog. They are a team that is always going to get respect from bookmakers and the betting market. So that's why this this price looks like it. Uh, it does, Nick. Yeah, I think so. And that those two games in Florida completely show that because they're by far the better team versus Tampa. And I thought they were the slightly better team last night versus uh, the Panthers. That really sucked for us that Ottawa couldn't finish anything early. Um, Brady Kachuk fired a clear cut breakaway like into the heart of the Panthers logo. So the uh, I actually I still kind of think that they're like the over is a good play here, even though that one didn't necessarily get close. 
There were so many chances earlier in the game for it to break open. I wasn't really surprised when the Sens dug their way out of it late. So still lean towards the over here. I think it's a decent play. It's tough to follow that up after like another loss on it or a loss on it on Tuesday. But I think this that's just kind of lending itself to another spot here. I still view the Sens as just being such a high event team moving forward. And then you look at Dallas, man, that, that was a tough loss for uh, the pod because they played really, really well and they had a lot of chances. And I thought it was a lot more than just score effects, right? They could have been up early. They could have tied it much quicker. Sagan misses the empty net into Shesterkin's glove, which great save to him, but obviously that's going in most of the time. It was just, and I think the other one too, there's Brutos, Harley hitting the post sucked on a lot of levels. So that game was really, really tilting. But I still love the offensive upside of both these teams. I think that uh, you know they they're going to play a pretty high event game here. So I, I don't hate just going right back to the over. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, I kind of leaned Dallas with this short price from the jump leave off, like you you alluded to. With it's, it seems so crazy that <laughs> this is the number with the where these two teams are are going and have been this year. I, I, I'm I would say that. You know, Dallas is surprisingly, I think, you know, we we think back to like the Rick Bonus Dallas Stars and think that they're just kind of you know, an under team. Like, remember that Dallas year, they, it was like five and a halfs for every game they played, it felt like. And then here, you know, Dallas is 36 and 21 to the over. So they're an over team. And so if I'm going to, you know, kind of lean Dallas and I'm not really sure about what I'm getting from the Senators, um, I'll just go over here because. I don't know if Dallas is winning 6-1 or Ottawa's winning 6-1. That's it says a lot about Ottawa. Yeah, I mean I'm ex- I like it because I think it's a really good spot for both teams to put up some offense. Like, I think there's a great chance both teams get to 3. Um you talk about what's different with the Stars and their totals too. Like some of those years that top line was the team. Like it was Hints, Robertson, Pavelski and the depth scoring behind it was very non-existent and now you look they've got the second best uh second unit in the league the way the Duchesne unit has gone. Um, Robertson hasn't been as good on the top unit, but then also Wyatt Johnson's been a, a complete game breaker for them. Thomas Harley's really driving uh, offense from the back end, so I, it's easy to see why they've become more of an over team. And I think they'll they can play to that strength versus Ottawa. Strikes me also as a game. We talk about this a lot on uh, the soccer pod. Uh, a game where if there's no scoring in like the first ten or fifteen minutes, that uh, like a good live over too, because uh, it, it feels like once the first one goes with two teams like this that, that have no problem trading chances. Uh, the gates will open up. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. 
Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Avalanche and Red Wings now, a blood feud from the 90s. Obviously, it's whimpering compared to that uh, these days, but Colorado minus 142, Detroit plus 120, a total of six and a half. This is a pretty big game for both, a monstrous game, I guess, for both. Uh, Detroit in the wild card hunt, they they have a spot right now. They have a, a little bit of a cushion over the Devils, the Islanders, and the Capitals, um, but they played more, uh, they will have played more. Uh, then a couple of those teams, Colorado is right back in the thick of that race in the Central Division because Dallas has slowed down a bit. I I want to bet Colorado here. I think I'd rather attack like a minus one and a half, minus two and a half, because I do think if they do win, it it kind of correlates with um, them just running over uh, Detroit and the goaltending finally coming back down to earth for the Wings. Who it's not only Alex Lyon anymore. James Reimer was uh, terrific in his return to action against uh, Calgary. I, so I don't hate it if if you're looking uh, for a bigger price here to 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 chase Colorado, just absolutely uh, owning this one and, and getting uh, and and Detroit not getting the goaltending that they've got because the Red Wings still are giving up a lot. Um, they're just it's just being papered over by good goaltending and a clinical offense, especially. On the power play here, uh, Nick, that kind of lends into what you're going to go with as well. I'm going with the over. I, I like a lot of what Detroit's doing offensively. I continue to think they actually are better than uh, average side offensively. But like you said, their defensive play has been bad. Um, they ran to the good end of their goals against versus the Kraken and the Flames for sure. Both those games could have gone a lot differently. And... I think that they can still generate versus the Avs. I, I don't view the Avs as like a top defensive side at all. I know they kind of showed it in a good spot versus Vancouver there, but um, I think that there's a good chance both these teams get after it offensively. And the other thing is, I don't know if this is the game because they already threw Anandan in there Thursday, but I think you got to start to watch that the Avs are going to start sneaking Anandan some more, more starts. I feel like they have to. I know that the division is really close, but... You also, I don't think, want to head into a goal into the playoffs with the goalie played like sixty five games and a lot down the stretch. So, um, yeah, well, that'll be something to watch in terms of the confirmations. Yeah, Avs here, Avs. I'm taking the cookie on the uh, feels you know shortish price here. Uh, Detroit also first game back from a Western swing. Uh, we haven't brought that up in a little while. In that. Um, <laughs> that's the, the point I bring to uh, to every show. So I haven't thrown that out there in a while. Um, yeah, I think the Avs just, this is a team that won't, um, that this is a matchup for the Avalanche where their depth won't really be as much of a problem. So um, I'm always looking to back them in a spot like that. Though there'll be plenty of chances um, for the Avs to lose games coming up. Um, I think in a week and a half, they go through a tough little stretch of, 
like Edmonton and Vegas, maybe. So, yeah, I, I think this is a good spot for them. I'm on the apps here. Yeah, and one note I'll throw out there, too. We don't talk about home and road splits a lot, but both these teams actually have really significant ones. The Avs are 22-5 and five at home, um, and Detroit is 15-8-5 at home versus 14-12-1 on the road. The Avs are below 500 on the road, so pretty significant splits if you are the type of person who reads into that a lot. Uh, game of the night, Florida and Carolina. Florida plus 100 on the road. Carolina, a minus 120. Home favorite, total of six. If you uh, you look at these odds, you, you kind of just adjust for home ice. It would tell you that Florida would be a, a slightly uh, slightly favorite over Carolina on neutral ice, and maybe that's telling you they'd be the slight slight favorite over uh, the Canes if these two teams met in like a playoff series tomorrow. Uh, but aside from that, I don't really have much here. These are two behemoths. Um, going at it both great five on five the hurricanes the one thing i would um say is i'm i'm looking for the freddie anderson start he is starting to get like time and playing and i don't think it's going to be here but um i will want to bet against carolina in that game i i think that you know it's just so much time off and i'm hoping like they they catch a a bottom dweller um in that situation and in our big price but um Nothing in this particular game here. Uh, Nick, I know you're passing too, so we'll see what Tim's got for us to try to maybe juice this thing up. <laughs> well, I lean uh, Carolina here just because of the roulette wheel and that Florida's just on such a heater right now that uh, they have to lose eventually. I, I, I mean, you know, it, it's I haven't bet it yet. It's, it's the dumbest reason ever, but I just think that like, a loss is coming. I mean, again, if I know that doesn't really qualify you to be on a hockey podcast, but uh, that's, I feel like they're going to get beat in Carolina. Like Carolina's damn good. So that's, that's kind of, you know, I wish it was a little bit of a better price on Carolina because I do think Florida is the better team. So I was hoping to get something a little better. I I actually kind of disagree with that. I think these teams are, I mean, I guess, yeah, including goaltending. And this is why I'm going to make my point that I'm going to have my eye on uh, Bobrovsky's save prop. I think that in time, Carolina is going to prove that they're as, as well-rounded and as good a team outside of the goaltender, which, again, huge thing here. But I think Carolina is playing as good as anyone. They're so deep with the way the guys are going right now. Love the makeup of them. So we'll be – they're, like, my number one team to watch out of the deadline here. And they are getting slightly better goaltending, but – I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of come out really hungry at home here. We've seen the way they can just get after you shift after shift. Four checks so hard, make life just hell. Um, I let their line configurations right now look really good with the way Svechnikov's going on the top line. Jarvis is really fitting in with Stahl and Martinuk. Um, and that bunting jury in Natchez line is pretty good too. So I just, I look at it, I think this is a really, really well-constructed team. I wouldn't be surprised if, they, if this kind of looks like that playoff series where the Panthers find a way to hang around, but they're not touching the puck too much. Carolina's power play is ridiculously good. That's something I didn't think was coming this year. What were you going to say, Tim? Yeah, I was going to say, too, that um, Florida on this on this run they've been on, I could argue, looking at the schedule, that they were for sure you know, better than their opponent going into the game in every single one of them. I feel like this is the first, like aside from Colorado, really, I think this is the first like real challenge 
um, they've had in a while. So it could be like just one of those spots where things have kind of been coming easy to them. And we know that Carolina just does not make anything easy on you. So I feel like that's, that's a little, little bit of a, a, an edge there in, in Carolina's favor. All right. Uh, Bruins and flames up next. Boston is minus minus one thirty on the road. This is also the second uh, half of a back-to-back for them. They're doing the Alberta two-step flames plus one ten at the saddle dome in Nick's backyard. Uh, the total here is six. We are recording this before Boston plays Edmonton. So just, uh, keep that in mind. Nonetheless, I, I think that this is actually a decent price on a, the Bruins. We're getting to bet on them more often here. And you know what's great? It's because they're losing. They're losing all the time, and we get to bet on them, Nick. Yeah, I I think this price is short. The Bruins are minus 130. That just feels like... I know we talked about how their plays like actually dropped off, but I'm not entirely convinced things are so much different for the Flames either. I think we're kind of going to see them get off of this little push they've had down the stretch here and kind of trend closer to what we saw in, in January. You know, they, they kind of had this galvanization of like losing Lindholm and pushing back. And, and you know, I think that's been great. But I still look at these two teams. I think Boston's roster deserves to be a bigger favorite than minus 130. I don't hate that the Flames went into Boston and, and kind of worked them over first game out of the break either. I feel like, you know, whether the Bruins win or lose tonight, they'll be up for this one. They'll be ready to go. And still pushing hard for the division. So... The motivation's there for the Bruins. I think they're the better team. I think they deserve to still obviously be a slightly larger price than this. And then this is also obviously one of those spots where it's so beautiful to have two goalies that are as good as Boston has because there's really just no drop-off between Swayman and Allmark. So um, nothing really to worry about there in terms of who goes tonight. And yeah, I, I feel like this is just a great time to buy on Boston. Minus 130 versus the Flames seems... Just a little too easy, I think. Yeah, that that's exactly what has me concerned, Nick. <laughs> that's it's like if there's a team that should be more um, you know, back to back proof in the NHL than the Bruins with like you said, with their goaltending situation. I I feel like I'm I guess I'm worried that Edmonton in in Boston on on Wednesday night just goes to the it's just like a twelve round brawl. Like it just the Bruins come into Calgary just a little sluggish. I, I feel like that that is completely on the table. So for me, this will be a, a wait and see. I, I already told you um, that I'm on Edmonton in, in that game Wednesday night. So if I would love a Edmonton blowout and then zigzag with the bees on uh, on the following night to bounce back. Uh, a couple late night games to wrap up and then uh, we'll go to best bets. I will start with Toronto and Vegas. The Leafs are a even money underdog on the road. Knights minus 120 at the Fortress. A total here of six. It'll be Martin Jones in goal for the Leafs. So just keep that in mind because we are recording this before they play at Mullet Arena on Wednesday night. Um, I, I, this is one of those classic ones where I feel like I, whatever side I bet is going to lose. Like I, I wanted to bet Toronto here, but I thought that the price was going to be a little bit better. I guess people are a little wise on the fact that Vegas is, isn't playing the lights out. Um, and they're kind of in this Tampa Bay lightning esque Los Angeles Kings esque like malaise through the dog days. Um, whereas Toronto is, is going pretty well, obviously, especially, I think if here's what I'll say, I think if Toronto loses in Arizona and we get a little bit of a bump here, uh, then I would be on the Leafs who are doing a pretty decent job of just keeping everything really tidy, uh, at five on five and, and then letting their, their big dogs bark, Nick, um, what are your thoughts? I lean towards the Leafs. Um, I was on 
the Preds on on Tuesday, and we talked about that one and how I I didn't I thought the Preds deserved to be priced closer, which seems kind of crazy because they're only like plus one twenty five. But that was another horrible game from the Knights. They never deserved to win that game. Um, really, the Preds just kind of went in there, controlled it, dominated, looked like the better team throughout, and that's been like I've been saying, kind of the consistent story for Vegas. So maybe, you know, like a bit of a bounce back spot. They're obviously a team that's capable of more than they've shown recently, but I don't want to bet into that. Right. So especially at like a close price here. So I'll probably pass. Like I'm not really excited to bet on Martin Jones, but I can like definitely see the number. And, you know, we, we talked about it earlier in the week, but same thing. I, I kind of keep saying all the Vegas games recently have either been wins where Hill was brilliant and they snuck one out or they lost and were clearly the better side. I don't really think there's been any in between, you know, the Isles game, Mike, I think it was the exact same thing. I think there's been a lot of performances like that. Their underlying numbers are really bad. So again, you, you can't like, I think, take it with the same level of significance as like some other teams because this team's played so much hockey and these games games really don't mean much to them. They're pretty much penciled in two or three in the division and they don't have some critical bodies. But I, I think it's really noteworthy when you're talking about handicapping a game right now that they really aren't exhibiting any signs of being the same team. Yeah, I, th- I think if anything, if you're someone who wants to bet the, the Knights in um, you know long-term futures, this is a good thing for you that they're, they're kind of lulling here. Um, Maybe their number drifts because it, I don't think it's it's a fair reflection on on what their chances will be when when the puck drops in in the postseason. Yeah, Tim. Yeah, and Eichel just hit the LTIR. So yeah, exactly. So you know what they're trying to do here, right? Like, this is great. Good for them. Hey, you know who else hit the LTIR? Hudson Fashing. Look out. Somehow um, I knew you were going to comment on that today. I was <laughs> I was actually going to text you and say, uh, how does Hudson Fashing hitting the LTIR affect the Maple Leafs? Well, I'll tell you, it affects the Maple Leafs. It affects, um, it affected Islander Twitter like this. They're, they're, after the game last night, Sezikis looked like he broke his hand and the Islanders are in, in a little bit of cap gymnastics and excuse the, the anecdote, I'll be as quick as I can. Um, everybody's like, oh, well, there are two options here for Lou. He can either LTIR Sezikis or he can wave one of Bull Duke, Bortuzzo, or Ajo. And then what did Lou do? He went with the option that nobody realized he could do, which was put Hudson, just ship Hudson fashing on the LTIR because sure the people at the league office are like no idea who that is go for it Lou um what do you got Tim you're not getting a competitive advantage by by putting Hudson Fashing on, on LTIR um by all means <laughs> I don't um, even remember if we went to you for this one yet Tim but but if we haven't uh share share your thoughts on Leafs and Knights no I'm I'm go Knights go I'm on Vegas here and a lot of it has to do with um you know we we talked about some of these earlier games on the slate that they're um, for instance, Boston, Calgary, there wasn't enough or there was too much back-to-back baked in. I don't think there's enough back-to-back uh, baked into this one. Leafs back-to-back, Arizona, you know, the Austin Matthews homecoming. Again, this is before that game. So Austin Austin scores 50, party, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. Maybe they go to Austin's house after the game. I don't know. Um, the Vegas hasn't played since uh, Tuesday. So, you know, they have a day off in between here and they've been at home. Whereas the Leafs, especially without Riley, and give them credit for playing the way they have without Riley, I think they're it's a it's like a kind of a running on fumes situation. They've it's been a galvanizing 
performance. And I just think it's going to Vegas is a really hard place to play, especially on a back-to-back, especially a Leafs team that asks an awful lot out of their top guys, plays them a ton of minutes. We haven't seen the Arizona game yet, but I can just tell you right now, I think we think it's going to be close, which means a lot of minutes for their top guys. And then you just go back-to-back with Vegas, who has a rest advantage. I think that um, – I think that that's enough for me to bet Vegas here. I, I think the Leafs are one of those teams that, um, you know, doesn't, they're more susceptible, susceptible for, to a spot like this. Uh, all right. Last one before we get to our favorite bets. That's the Predators and Kings. Uh, we tried to beat the Kings with the Blue Jackets on Tuesday night. Wouldn't you know that didn't work, which that's weird because the Blue Jackets always win. Uh, Predators plus 136, Kings minus 162, total six. I, once again, want to go against the Kings. I think that you're getting a, a decent chance, uh, a decent price, I should say, on, on a team that's dangerous, goaltending advantage, and the Kings are, they're running. Um, they're getting the new coach bounce, but do feel like you could still find flaws in them and, and, and flaws that make them a little bit nervy to back uh, at this kind of price against a, a solid opponent. So I'll take, uh, I'll take the Preds as long as we can uh, get our man Saros in, in that on uh, Thursday. Nick? Yeah, I I mean, I think we can pretty safely say Saros goes, right? Because Lincoln yep. got the start in uh, Vegas, although I do think Lincoln has also been better than than people think the last two years. But I was kind of uneven. Like, I thought this price looked roughly fair. I, I like both these teams, I think, relative. I don't know. I guess I can't really say the relative to market on the Kings, right? Because they're such a big favorite. But I like where they're going. Their line configurations look really good right now. So for me, I was... Just kind of right on the pass, but don't hate the Preds. I can see their angle there with Soros and um, I, just some of the ways we've seen the Kings blow games lately. But it feels kind of different right now to me. I don't know. I I don't want to get too sold on too much, but I think there's some good things going on with that team right now and that they're kind of putting together the big push we've been waiting for. Yeah, we've been waiting for the big push and now it's finally here and I'm too scared to back them. So that's, I think we all think pretty highly of Nashville. So, I mean, relative to market. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm too afraid either way. I, I, if someone had an opinion on either side, I'd say, yep, love it. Good for you. But I'm, I'm too scared to put my money on it either way. Yeah. And I think, you know, we made the case with the Preds pick in Vegas that, you know, where we like them relative to market and, and same thing in versus the blues game, right? Tim, we we're posted them there. And I think it's the same thing. I think, they kind of get clumped right in that wild card pack, but I actually think they deserve to be viewed as a significantly better side than the blues and some of these other ones right there. So yeah, I just kind of, my belief in the Preds keeps me off the Kings a little bit here. Yeah. That's a good effort in Vegas. All right. Best bets time. I'll go first. Cause we, we talked about the Islanders off the top, but they're my favorite bet here. I expect them to be the much better team at five on five. Things have just been going really well for, uh, the Islanders at five on five for the first uh, 50 minutes of basically every game uh, under Patrick Wah, and then and then it all falls apart. Uh, you'd you'd have to expect at some point that they just are able to to see out a game that they get a lead, and they're fifth in the NHL in terms of percentage of uh, minutes played without uh, trailing. And the other you know top 11 teams in the league are all safely in in playoff spots. So at some point, you'd expect. Uh, You'd expect the Islanders to be able to hold on to a lead. One note is that Simeon Varlamov will start for the Islanders here. It's already been confirmed, but uh, once again, just I don't I don't think that I know Nick said you might the Islanders should end up 
finishing as uh, a closing as a favorite, but I don't think the number is going to move all that much here uh, as, as people see the, the goaltending matchup. All right, so Islanders for me is my favorite bet. Nick, uh, we'll move to you, a game we haven't touched on yet. The Rangers and Devils, essentially a pick them. The Rangers are a slight underdog on the road, minus 105. Devils, minus 115. Total six and a half. What is uh, the play you're making? I'm, I I think uh, over 29 and a half shit saves for Shesterkin is sets up as such a good play here. We look at what the Rangers have done and talked about how they're finding ways to win games with their excellent play on the man advantage and getting better goaltending from Shesterkin again. I think those are both going to play right into what will hopefully be a good game script for Shesterkin. And if you look at the Devils' recent shot totals, they're averaging like 37 for several weeks here and i think that that is sustainable now that they have everyone back in the game they look more like that team but it's still they're like on any night we can see any game script blow up for them that caps game was the perfect example i don't know if we'll see something like that on average but it feels like the rangers can find a way to make this a game but that i have no faith that the rangers will actually own more of the play at even strength so i think that's just going to keep setting us up with good spots for the devils to uh get a lot of shots here and really take it to them, but maybe not lead on the scoreboard. And I got to obviously give the Rangers their credit too. They're, they're really good at creating passing plays that lead to goals. I, I was looking at their forwards lead the are near the top of the league in terms of seeing passes created um, or completed this season, which I think always explains uh, teams outscoring their expectations. But for me, I think the way the devils are playing the way they'll probably respond to that loss. I think, they're going to average way past 33 shots here. I think they're getting to like 37 on average. And especially because I feel like if Shesterkin stabilizes and continues to play decent, that can help keep us out of a nightmare game script. So I think this is just, uh, it's probably going to open too low, but it's always a little annoying giving these out when we have to speculate, but I would do over 29 and a half to minus 120. Yeah. And uh, a bet, you like to target in these situations is uh, you can go to some sports books and, and find the alternate save total um, and backing should start going to go like you know, 40 plus 42 plus at, at big numbers, I think is, is worth it. Especially, I think actually the devil's weaknesses in goal help a lot in that situation because if they're up, you know, 13, three in shots, but down two nothing on the scoreboard, they're just going to step even further on the, on the pedal here. I, I like the devils here. I, I'm just going to keep going against the Rangers and keep losing money because it's, as, as good as they are and as clinical as they are um, when they do create opportunities and as good as those opportunities are that they create, they're just not, they don't have the puck enough. They don't push play enough at five and five to make me want to bet them as a favorite uh, or close to a, a pick them against a team that is just going to in all likelihood dominate at five on five. Uh, so whatever, I'll just do it again, Tim. Yeah. yeah sorry, I, mean, I was just going to throw one quick note before we move off the prop that I did note ahead of, uh, I really like Lindgren saves yesterday. The Devils put up 40 shots on goal versus the Flyers in the stadium series game in a game where they led from 30 seconds onward. I think there's like, that's just, there's one way this team wants to play. They don't really sit back. I think in general, they seem to be pretty aggressive trying to just play at the other end and defend that way. So I think that always sets itself up to higher uh, prop or shot totals right now as well. Yeah, I'm on the Devils here as well. Nick, you brought up good points about how they like to play. Uh, Lee Buff, I think you sent this in in our group chat from um, 
Sean Trapedi, Sean Trapetti, uh, writer here at Action Network, <laughs> was talking about it's a great tweet, basically of how much either goaltending or the power play carries <laughs> the New York Rangers. They go over four on the power play in one game, but Igor makes 40 saves. Then on Sunday, they do score on the power play, and Igor had a 878 save percentage. So it's just like it is that is the avenue for them. And it's not not I mean, it's been sustainable this regular season, but it's just not something that I feel like is is totally bettable. Like you're right. just like, you know, uh, I hope they get some power plays or like I hope it's the good version of Shesterkin. So uh, that's why I'm definitely it's a good note there by Sean. And that is, you know, made me extremely skeptical, skeptical of this Rangers team, even though it's beyond frustrating to continue to bet against them and lose. But uh, I'll give it a shot here at the Devils, who I can trust to at least give them all they can handle in terms of uh, time on attack, uh, especially five on five. Okay. Uh, And the last game we'll talk about, that's Tim's best bet, uh, comes in on Canucks and Kraken. Vancouver, minus 130. Seattle, plus 110. Uh, The over-under here is six and a half. So, Tim, uh, who are you backing? I think the Kraken fans, like they saw that the, the Knights call it the Fortress. They like to call their home arena the deep so who are you back here in the deep i guess i'm going into the deep end um because i'm on the canucks here um it could be it feels like such a sucker's bet right canucks are minus 130 here that we know that they're better uh you know they've been better all year but i I think it's finally time to back them in in a short price i feel like i'm getting a bit of a cookie here they've lost three in a row uh the canucks have one of them being 10 7 that just outrageous game against the Minnesota Wild, then they lose to the Colorado Avalanche 3-1. I just think it's it's time for them to turn it around. Um, I think you talk about a coach like Rick Tockett and getting the team's attention. This is this is perfect for him. You'd, you'd love to be a coach in this situation. You guys kidding me? You let up 10 goals. Then, you know, you guys think you're, you know, top class of the league. You lose to a team like Colorado. I think we're sh- we should get a good effort here for from Vancouver and they just can win so many different more ways than than Seattle can, and to me, way more ways than warrants a minus one thirty price. So again, feel like I'm a complete sucker, but th- that's what I'm going to take here. I definitely don't disagree. The one case I will make, and the, the Kraken have always underperformed their underlying results, and the Canucks have way more scoring upside, better goaltending, which is where I can see them getting there. I can just, I'll just say, I can see where odds makers come from on this number that might look like a complete kind of like why is this not minus 150 because the Kraken have had a pretty damn good process I was in the same boat as you Tim in picking Detroit to beat them on Memorial Day or President's Day the, the second that one got going I was like oh, I'm on the sucker side here I'm on the sucker side <laughs> and then and then uh Detroit found a way to win it but there's another one of those ones where I was like oh the Kraken looked pretty damn good today and it was kind of the same thing versus Islanders and the same thing versus Boston so I can see where like their process warrants this price, but I still kind of have to agree with you just with the Canucks like offensive upside and their their advantage in goal that still seems a little short. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, just to add though, um, when you say that about Detroit and you're like, oh, you turn it on, you're like, oh no, like I I'm a, I'm a sucker, and then, but Detroit just the shot the Canucks have more avenues, right? Like I don't think that Seattle can like pull one off down three two or four two like the canucks have more ways to do it especially with the scoring upside and that's why seattle underperforms the, their numbers they just they don't have enough firepower yeah yeah I'm, I'm with you i like the canucks here that the goaltending uh edge i think is is something to to be leaned into the 
the other thing here to keep in mind with why the price looks kind of muted is a tricky schedule spot for Vancouver. This will be three and four, including the back to back where they um, were one of four. That was the fourth time that somebody's played in Colorado on the second ha- half of a back to back. Colorado's four and zero oh in those games, and I'll, I think three of the four were pretty lopsided. So losing three one in that situation is is more of a kind of uh, thing to be proud of for Vancouver. So nothing I don't think to be worried about here, and uh, a first true like buy low spot for for the Canuck um and as we said you know that 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 Elias Lindholm trade maybe uh made put a little bit too much air uh in the Canucks tires here and, and now we get to go the other way okay so that does it uh for this episode of line change our favorite bets Tim like the Canucks at minus 130 Nick likes uh over 29 and a half on Igor Shesterkin's save prop against the Devils Unfortunately, I'm going to bet the Islanders. Uh, underdogs, unfortunately, Nick also likes the Islanders. Uh, I'm going to use my underdog pick on the Washington Capitals, plus 160 uh, against Tampa Bay. And Tim likes Montreal, the Canadians, uh, plus 185 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That wraps up another week of line change. Thank you all for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, thank you to our producer, Noah. And we will see you again next week. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.